Welcome to another episode of the Well Actually Podcast. I am your host, Toju. Thank you for listening, however you may be listening. Don't forget, episodes of the Well Actually Podcast are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And videos of the podcast are available on our YouTube page. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. I'm really excited about this week's episode because we have our first solo female guest. And this conversation is just... I feel like it's something that we could all learn from and it's very illuminating. So let's get to it. All right. So welcome to the Well Actually podcast. I'm joined by a very special guest. Hi, everyone. My name is Joy. I am a lifestyle blogger and an apartment speaker. All right. So uh, she's here to, you know, chop it up with us and, you know, maybe help us if you're interested in getting into any sort of online or even public speaking. So if you have any new endeavor that requires an online presence, she's going to try and help us uh, get things going. All right. But first, uh, we want to talk about some of the things that have been in the news lately. And I don't know if you've noticed, but lately it's been a lot of missing posters of people going missing or attempted abductions. And I don't know if you've it's something that's sort of like a new phenomenon or it's just like we're just being made aware of it more. And I don't, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Like, have you seen much of this? Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. It's really scary. And especially as a woman of color, it's one of those things like now I'm very mindful of where I park my car, especially when I'm walking, you know, just inside the house at night. I'm like looking around, you know, yeah. even before keying in. I think with human trafficking has been always high, but I think it's just heightened up a little bit more. And I mean, we know with human trafficking is real, especially when it comes down to, in various countries but i think what's happening now is that the media has now made attention to it in media but i'm not talking about mainstream media i right, think right. our cultural media because i think there is not as much urgency when it comes down to missing women of color right. and i think just since we are the ones that's kind of speaking out about it now there's more attention to it and i remember hearing somebody mention that an abductor that was caught he 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 actually admitted that that the reason why he targets women of color is that because when a woman of color is missing there is nothing going on you know like just there's no media attention to it right so when you wow. when you when you look at the trends if it's a missing white girl you know amber alerts and all of these things she ends up making all of the headlines in the news but when it's a black girl missing it's nothing so i think that the lack of value when it comes down to black people i mean it's it's sad but i mean i think now we've kind of been like listen if this is happening in our community we have to speak up and spread it around like wildfire because that's the only way people are gonna know what's going on and it's it's kind of sad like obviously like abductions and trafficking itself is sad on the face of it but when you now dig deep into the actual confession saying that he realized that black women simply wouldn't move the needle in terms of like public outrage or anything that is wow that is something like it's a sad reality of, of events for black people and black women in particular and it's like we deal with that so much like even when you think about the medical field right so when a woman of color is talking about pains her doctor's like oh yeah you know like you'll be fine it's like a woman's voice is never taken seriously so it's kind of like when a white woman is going through something it's like oh my gosh everyone we have to stop like mm. the world stops like are you okay are you fine but when a black woman is complaining about something it's like sis you got this or you're strong enough like what it's not that serious when in reality it's like 
it really is. And I think the beautiful thing about media is that now I've seen a lot of black men and women kind of like taking ownership of that. Right. And like, we just spread things out, you know, we actually take the initiative to like let people know what's really going on because we're tired of waiting. Right. We're tired of waiting with mainstream media. And I mean, to my understanding, I don't even know if anyone has even mentioned it, you know, has even talked about what's been going on with the human trafficking and the abductions when it comes down to politics. I'm not a politics fiend mm. or an expertise, but I wonder if anyone in our government has even decided to even mention and talk about what's been going on. I don't even think that's happened. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought up the whole thing about like black women not being like taken seriously with when it comes to medical stuff because our last episode we had like an OBGYN come on and she mentioned where there's situations even amongst like people in the field who feel like they have to be more of advocates for the patients and like allow them to be able to speak up and because at at some point like once you realize your voice isn't being heard or taken seriously you just stop speaking. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we really can't have in the medical field. And as for people or uh, candidates that are maybe bringing up the stuff like this, I feel like maybe they don't want to bring it up because once you bring up a problem, you have to bring up a solution as well. True. And yeah. if you're not equipped for that or you don't have a, a reasonable solution, mm-hmm. it ends up being a net negative. But hopefully at least some of them have a plan uh, going forward. Yeah. All right. Another thing I wanted to uh, ask you about is a new movie called Queen and Slim. Mm. So it's it's gotten I, I don't want to say mixed reviews because at first all I was seeing was it was a really good movie. Yeah. And then it sort of like the conversation sort of turned in like regard to oh great another movie about black angst. Mm. And I I don't know have you have you seen the movie or I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I do you plan to see it like i really want it so i'm a so when i go see like anytime i go to the movies i like going in the daytime because i'm an old lady on the low so i'll fall asleep in the movie theater at wow. like eight o'clock so i would rather go to movies in the morning so i do plan to see it hopefully by this weekend um but i think one of the things that i've realized that when it comes down to anything like people are never going to be 100 percent satisfied i don't think it's humanly possible to create anything where like you're going to make sure that every single person is pleased um but from the things i've seen at least on social media i've i've heard people say it's been a great movie it's been a great movie so i'm curious to start to read well not now i'm gonna wait till after i see the movie because i feel like someone's gonna mess up the ending for me so i'm curious after watching the movie to kind of read other people's like thoughts on it yeah so like i haven't seen the movie yet i do plan on seeing it but Mm -hmm. The thing that I like to, if if you're a regular listener to the podcast, I don't really pay more like atta- uh, attention to the action. It's more of the reaction because that gives you a, a better barometer of what society or people ha- have to say about it. And what is going on now is sort of this turn from really good movie to okay, but is this the only kind of story they can tell about black people? And to an extent, I, I I get what they're what they're saying and where they're coming from. They don't just want it to be black trauma on the screen every single time. Yeah. But then when you say that, you're sort of dismissing like every other black movie that's out. It's yeah. you, because there what there's been other black movies that are just out. Maybe you haven't seen them. Yeah. But then this is the one that gets the most traction because 
maybe it's a better movie or maybe it's the nature of the like the subject matter that makes it more likely to like draw a response and even to add like i think people have to be mindful that when it comes down to storytelling it's not just only in one form i think people are so used to storytelling only be through movies but there are people who have positive messages and this may not be quote-unquote positive right again i don't know i haven't watched the movie but people do storytelling like through books people do storytelling through art through, through like music, through poetry, through like fashion industries, through everything. So I think for people to only put this expectation on, you know, when it comes to telling the story of our, of just of our culture, of our reality, that it's only going to be allowed in a movie form, that's not fair. Like that's not realistic where there's so many people who have different types of stories and messages in different aspects of it. So again, I feel like people have this unrealistic <laughs> expectation and like you're not going to be able to please everyone and to be honest like um when somebody's sharing their story it is not always going to be beautiful right and just because something may not be quote-unquote positive it doesn't mean that it's not somebody's truth it's not somebody's reality you know or it's or pretty much it doesn't mean that it's not somebody's fear or somebody's desire like it may be somebody's desire to take away you know somebody who is a cop's life just based off of their personal experiences or you know what I mean so I think people have to remember that the reality of our world is not glitz and glam so what about when people say like okay now black trauma is being turned into a genre where like it could either be a slave movie or like in this instance queen and slim where there's like a very very real uh narrative to it about police brutality mm-hmm. But then they're like, they don't want this being projected on a screen like over and over when there's other stories that could be told. Yeah. And I'm to like, I get where they're coming from because like nobody wants their trauma, something that they feel is very real to them that they may have in fact uh, experienced, like being the thing that's popularized when there's other black stories that are available mm-hmm. that are like something like hidden figures, for instance, where it's yeah. like, okay, like, these were literally hidden figures that their their contribution was almost wiped away uh, for something so monumental. Yeah. Like, how come we have more stories like, how come we can't have more stories like that? But once it's something that requires, like, black violence against black bodies, they're yeah. so quick to green light those projects. Yeah. So, I I mean, I get it, but you can't pick, it's, it's unfair to want to pick and choose mm-hmm. which stories are being told when there was a time when none of our stories were being told. True. But I, so. And you make a good point, but I also would challenge whoever would make statements like that and ask, well, if you don't see something, right, then it's up to you to begin to create that narrative. So if somebody feels like there's just so much like trauma out there and you want people to share other stories, other facets of history, then it's like there are so many people in this world that have not said yes to their calling. And those are the people that are supposed to show those those different faces. And like, yeah, even with Hidden Figures, like when you think of the promo of it, it wasn't it to the same extent as Queen and Slim, you know? And so even when you when you sit there and you're comparing contrasting you definitely see the differences like a lot of families were advocating for of course and figures because that was a movie that you can show in the schools queen and slim it it's not something you're gonna show to school but i'm gonna be on all the right (laughs) and see and i can't wait to watch it so i can see why it shouldn't be shown but it doesn't mean that clearly our 
our younger, you know, people aren't watching it, one. And then again, it's just kind of like, you know, I, I feel that black trauma has to be talked about. Right. And I think because we've, we've gone years without talking about it, right? There's cultures. It's a taboo to talk about trauma. You know, even some of our parents' parents dealt with trauma and they passed it on to us through how they raised us and didn't even realize it, right? And as much as we think that, I, I think that even if this movie was not shown, with, with trauma is still present in our community. When you turn on the news, that's trauma. When Even when we talked about the abductions and the human trafficking and how and how how prevalent that that has become and how there's not that much of an urgency around people of color that is traumatic you know what i mean and i think in this world like we're now saying listen america this is what's going on what are we going to do about it um like people complain but don't want to provide i don't want to say they don't want to provide solutions but i think people have to remember that sometimes if something is problematic you you have to bring it up and then maybe this will force people to start thinking about realistic solutions like let's now start talking about like just like mental health and let's talk about therapy like we have to start talking about these things because just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean it's not you know what i mean happening so i'm i'm glad you brought up therapy because <laughs> like i i feel like lately the the stigma attached to therapy or even discussions regarding mental health are slowly but surely uh, eroding, and that's that can only be a good thing because, like, if you saw somebody with that was bleeding or with a broken limb or something, like, you'd know exactly what to do. Yeah. Because it's very apparent to you. But once you once it becomes something sort of mental, it might it like I feel like there's also denial on the part of the sufferer as well that mm-hmm. might also make them like not want to seek help, but. It could also be the fact that discussions like that also, like, it, it, it sort of like can make you like an outcast of sorts once you're labeled as the quote unquote crazy person mm-hmm. or the unstable person when all you need is literally like men- like a mental health advocate or someone, just some sort of like treatment plan that, that uh, deals with what you're dealing with. And if it's someone bleeding or something, you know exactly what to do. Yep uh sanitize the wound put a band-aid on it and you know take some antibiotics everybody knows what the treatment plan wants is something physical but the fact is when it's something mental we we have a long way to go yeah i agree and the stigma is part of what prevents people from you know even seeking help and again it circles back to this trauma situation where yeah at at some point i feel like some people are a bit desensitized now where it's like okay every day you're seeing police videos uh, yeah and when when I like put that together with the response to Queen and Slim, I can get where people are coming from. Yeah. And also another thing that I don't want to come across as like being dismissive. Like, like first things first, criticism or critiquing is very it's it's central to art. Yeah. Like it is part of the response. All like you said, all response cannot be one hundred percent positive. Even in a positive like reception, there can be critique. Yeah. Like because it can also it can always be better. Like, mm-hmm. and as the person producing the art, you don't necessarily even have to listen, forget about, agree mm-hmm. with it. Like, it's just a <laughs> exactly. person's interpretation of what's been done. Yep. And I, uh, I definitely like, I, I all I would say is that I, I hope people don't just dismiss a movie simply because of that. And maybe it, it triggers 
a certain thing and I can understand that yeah a hundred percent all right so there's I, I'm not sure if you you saw this series on on uh, Netflix when they see us Whew, yes I see, cried yeah see so Ooh. that was extremely triggering mm-hmm. for some people and because of the the nature of it where it's like okay now this is not just trauma in terms of being neglected being mistreated and actual physical violence yeah. at some parts against black bodies and that just but then that one felt a bit more like it felt more uh, systemic and systematic in a way like more, a lot of black people can relate to where it's mm-hmm. not just it's not just the police not just the uh criminal justice system it's also like being behind bars yeah uh not even having proof and coercion and poverty ignorance not yeah. knowing your rights and it's just like a whole bunch of things once you like put them all together it it can be overwhelming because yeah. it's like if if you knew better you'd do better but then mm-hmm. some people already have that advantage yeah before they even enter the room because there's certain things they would do with a black defendant or black suspect that they wouldn't do with someone of another race yeah and you could be in all kinds of denial about it but it's truth and we can't take it away and it took me a while to watch all of it i know some people who haven't watched it because they said that they know they won't be able to handle it yeah because of the because it's triggering but i think the interesting thing with when they see us is this is like this is real this was their life and I, I question the people who, and I get it, like it's triggering, right? Like totally get it. But especially for those who may not be of African-American descent, I always, I always think and, and like to challenge, but not outwardly, but I always think about, you know, when it comes down to being an advocate for the black community, it sometimes is going to require you to put your emotions and the feelings to the side to have at least a little bit of understanding because in that moment when you feel that little bit of like, this makes me feel really uncomfortable, this is painful to watch, why am I watching this? It is, it's a reminder of this was someone's reality. Mm. So when it when you have an opportunity to really be an actual ally for the black community, you're, you're, you're pulling from the bag of emotions that you felt from like brothers watching, you know, the film or even reading about it. So if you can't watch it, I definitely challenge you to read about it, like to 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 kind of read the history about it. Because again, like certain things are triggered. I'll never subject somebody to tell them like, you have to watch this. Right, no, right, right. but I think that if you're going to stand to be an advocate, that you at least need to know the history of things. And I think we live in a world where if it makes somebody uncomfortable, they, they like to walk away completely They, they shut from down it. completely. Yeah. Exactly. And again, it's like, this is why certain people go really, really hard for certain causes is because they're like, listen, this is their reality and I can't stand to see certain things happen. You know what I mean? Because like, yes, you can turn off the TV or you can put the computer down and I have to read it. But guess what? The All of the victims in that case still have to live with the memories of what took place. And um, what is the guy's name? The one that was the... He was Corey the main Weiss. one. Yeah. And like, even when he talks, like you can see still the trauma he's experiencing. So like, you can't even, like, I can't even go on any YouTube thing and type his name in and not feel this sense of like pain for him. You know what I mean? And, right. and I, and I think what's probably different with seeing that movie. And of course, Queen and Slim is because, I mean, I haven't watched Queen and Slim, but that movie was more of a documentary of actual events and right. for them to share their story. Okay. And so... I mean, in this world, I think what's happening is many people are like, listen, 
y'all not sharing the story, we're going to share it. And yes, it's going to be gruesome. And yes, it's going to be painful. But the story has to be shown because storytelling isn't only about the glitz and glams. And yes, I made it. Yes, I made all this money. But storytelling is telling people's actual stories, even at the risk of triggering things and so on and so forth. So I and I think that also speaks to a level of privilege for people who can just afford to like turn it off once yeah. once it becomes uncomfortable and those are the people we're trying to reach with stuff like this because mm-hmm. you don't have to tell black people about police brutality like we already know. Mm-hmm. So it's like the people you're trying to reach who have a certain level of privilege they're the ones who can afford to simply close a laptop or turn off the TV or change the channel and that no longer is like something they have to subject themselves yep. to. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be right back. Anywhere you go, call like this for your path. 
All right, so we're back, and I'm joined here by Joy. Hey, guys. All right, so I wanted to get into, like we said, uh, you're a lifestyle blogger and empowerment speaker. Mm-hmm. So could you give us like a little like explanation on what that is? Yeah, so I always like to say I'm not the typical lifestyle blogger. Um, and I say that because when you think about lifestyle blogging, people normally think about beauty products, you know, clothes people going out trying different restaurants and i love those bloggers and there's times when i may dabble in it a little bit but for me i like to blog from a place of we're going to get to the root of certain things but it starts from the inside out so our lifestyle choices is really rooted from the things we've experienced like whether it's heartbreak whether it's disappointment um and i like to blog from that stance and i actually started blogging first and when i blogged like i never I didn't want to speak. <laughs> like, that was not part of the plan oh, okay. at all. Like, I literally was, I remember, I still remember this. Like, when I launched my initial blog page, it was through WordPress at the time. And it was just very, it was as basic as it could be. There was no pictures of me, maybe one in the main in the main page. But it was just regular blogs and that was it, right? I wasn't posting as much about it. Um, and so, like, the speaking thing, this is my second year doing it. And it was one of those things where somebody was like, Joy, you should speak. You know, and I'm like, um, speak to who and for what? <laughs> like, do you not know who I am? But it, like, even that, like, it goes a little bit even deeper because I, like, all of this, it, it's a surprise, but it's not really a surprise. And really quickly, I remember my senior year in high school, which was a long time ago, over 10 years ago. Okay. Um, I remember the, it was my senior advisor. She brings, she calls me to her classroom and randomly. So I'm like nervous and I wasn't a bad kid, but I'm just like, why is she calling me? And so she told me that, and in high school, I ran uh, track. I ran cross country, indoor and outdoor track. Okay. So people knew me as the, as the runner, as like the, I was like a jock without actually looking and acting like a jock. All right. But so she brings me to her classroom and is like, so you are the senior class president and so you need to write a speech and when you do, send it to me and you're good. I never ran for president. I, I don't know who put my name in. I don't know why. So, and what came to my mind was, wait, I have to do a, a speech? So I remember this like it was yesterday. I was in English class and I remember as as my teacher at the time, he was teaching and I had my notepad out and I was like, oh my gosh, I had this idea for my speech. And I just started writing and I could not stop writing. And when I stopped, I looked down and I was like, oh my gosh, this is my graduation speech. And like at that moment was when I realized like, yo, when you have that urge to just write about something, you just do it. And and even if it comes left field. And then I, I, I looked at it, I made a couple of edits and I was like, this is it. And who would have guessed years later that I would find myself kind of tapping into that? And it's funny because I felt like at that moment, like that was God's like, like, you know, like that was the appetizer of the, of pretty much what he was going to bring me into years later. And like in college, I did like open mics and stuff like that. Nothing serious. I didn't want to look at it as like, oh, there's nothing I'm going to do to empower people. So it's funny that it really kind of started the speaking my senior in high school without okay. me realizing it. 
So I noticed you said with the blog first, like that was that was sort of what led into it. So what made you start the blog in the first place? Ooh, so this is why I'm going to do a shameless plug. Mm-hmm. Um, people should definitely read my latest blog post because I actually did talk. I actually blogged about what led me to blogging. Um, it's speakwithjoy.net. But what actually led me to blogging was a breakup. Oh, And okay. so... Most people don't know that I did move from, originally from Connecticut. So I moved from Connecticut to New Jersey to be closer to my boo at that time. We didn't live with each other. You know, like I have Nigerian parents. They were not going to be like, (laughs) hey, my daughter, you go and live with this boy. Like my parents will, will, yeah, they were not going to have that. But I, but we were close to each other. Right. So our distance that was a little over two hours was now 20 minutes. Oh, and okay. when I was in a relationship, I wasn't thinking about pur- um, purpose. I didn't know what purpose was. I was like, well, I'm finishing up my master's program. I'm working and I got a man and I go to church. I'm good. And like, like that's it. Like, I didn't think about my future. I didn't think about what my likes were and what my dislikes were. Like, I didn't think about what my hobby was. Um, but until he ended that relationship, I remember I was on a phone. I was on a phone call with somebody who was like my mentor at the time. And she was like, God wanted me to tell you that, girl, you should write. And have you heard of a blog? And that's when I was like, what's a blog? And here I'm on the phone with her, Googling a blog and then hearing her speak. And she and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do one. I'm going to launch a blog. Because it, it was in the month of November. She No, it was December. She and I had the conversation. The relationship ended on um, in November like five years ago. So I had already a couple of weeks of like being in my feelings, so much things built up and I knew I needed to release it. And so she was like, what's the name? What's the title of your blog? And literally, I kid you not, 30 seconds later, I opened my mouth and I was like, it's going to be called Emotional Leakage Through Ink. I, I always tell people like, it, like, like that was God who told me to like have that as my as, as my title because there's no way. I mean, I'm creative, but I'm not that creative. Like there's no way that that's coming straight from me. And then in the month of February of that of the following year, I launched it. So if that breakup did not happen, I would have not been blogging. I would not have been speaking. And at that moment, it took for the relationship to like fail. And I kind of knew it was supposed to be over, but... I'm a ride or die and I'm loyal. So I'm just, I always stick things out. And I feel like at that moment, God was like, listen, I'm giving you all these feelings inside me. You know, you're not, you're not supposed to be with this person. And God was like, listen, you're not going to listen to me. Bet he broke (laughs) up with me. (laughs) And so at that moment, it was, it was like sad, right? Like I moved from a brand new state (laughs) into a brand new state. And I had the option of moving back to Connecticut or moving with my parents and, well, they actually were living in Georgia at the time. I could have just moved in with them, but something in me told me, stay in New Jersey. And as foolish as it was for you to have left one state to another for a relationship. And at the time, we were just talking, like seriously talking, monogamously talking. When I got to Jersey months later, we were in a titled boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. And I have so much to say about that. That's another episode. Oh, don't worry. We got, um, we got time. Don't worry. Because I would tell women, don't no. move for a man until that is your man. And man, like, until that is hubby, husband. Like, oh, young, oh like, like I'm, okay. Because people, because, right. again, like, I, and I look at my trends in the past like I, I gave up a lot of things right like I chose my grad school based off of a relationship at the time when I had an opportunity to go to grad school in um California so and I was like no I'm in a relationship with someone and I want to be closer to them mm. and then a year later the relationship crashed but 
Um, but it was something in me told me, stay in New Jersey. Yes, it may look foolish, right? Like people are going to be like... It wasn't another relationship that said you should stay in New Jersey though, right? Nope. It was, there's a reason why you moved to New Jersey. And I did not know what the reason was, but I was like, all right, God, I'm going to stay. I need you to do your magic. Because I know people from the outside looking in was probably acting like my life was a movie theater, had their popcorn (laughs) ready for the drama, Mm. you know? And at that moment was when I realized like, you know, God would really turn something that, that, that actually made Paris foolish and ugly to make it something so beautiful. And I felt like at that moment that that was it. And like, not to like preach or to, you know, Uh, take take it to church. But but like, there's a Bible verse that says that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And Mm. so everything that I felt like was so stupid at the time, looking back, I'm like, Joy, why would you have moved? Mind you, I was 24 going on to 25. So I was really, really young and I'm 31 now. Um, I look back and I'm like, God, you literally turned this around for your glory. And I, I can honestly say since being in New Jersey, God has always looked out. Like every moment when I, I've come, I've come across various types of situations where it's like, Joy, you don't got to stress about certain things. Like you can just move to Georgia or you can move back to Connecticut. <laughs> and it was always an opportunity where I questioned, God, I'm not supposed to be in Jersey. Where things always worked out where I stayed. Uh-huh. And so... I guess the long story short, that that's kind of what leveraged me into blogging. So the blog was born out of pain, pain. you would yep. say? Purpose-driven pain. That, <laughs> Purpose that driven is pain. my motto. And my other motto is, and if anybody quotes this, please add me because hmm. <laughs> I need my credit. Okay. Um, whatever you're going through is somebody's how-to book. So I had to deal with a lot. And it wasn't just from that relationship, but from previous relationships. And even being single and dating and with the mistakes I've made, like, that's other women's and other men's how-to book, right? Like, I, I feel like I'm a little bit more relatable because I can be in certain conversations and I can tell somebody, like, girl, let me tell you a story. And they'd be like, oh, my gosh, I'm not the only one who's going mm. through this. You know what I mean? And, and I think that at that moment in my life, like, I didn't realize how ungroomed I was. I didn't realize how naive I was, how much... Me not knowing certain things that I should have known, I should have been taught, but I wasn't taught because of culture, Mm. um, was impacting. And that was as a result. And moving to Georgia would have never, it would have never helped. You know, I would have been under my parents' roof until I decided to get my own place. And I would have been babied. I would have been sheltered. I would have never learned, you know, certain, just certain things. Like pretty much the way that I move now People might be like, oh, you really put your foot down because I was walked over so many times where it's like, listen, I had to learn the hard way. So that's that purpose-driven pain you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay. Definitely. All right. So uh, have you had any contact with this uh, ex since since the blogging started? So it's funny because he actually brought me, and this is me being transparent. So he brought me to my current church. So women... And men, when you're dealing with the heartbreak, yes, there is truth and out of sight, out of mind. But what happens when they're not really out of sight? How do you then learn to, because it forces you to heal in a different way, mm. right? So he brought me to my to my current church. And we used to sit on the same side. Once he ended it, he was still going to that church and was sitting on the other side. And so um, the church I go to, shout out to my church, Agape Family Worship Center in Rawway under Pastor Dr. Lawrence Powell. Gotta, gotta, I have to give him a shout out. Um, I was involved in ministry. 
right? So I used to be a Sunday school teacher. I'm not a Sunday school, Sunday school teacher anymore. Okay, but we, I, we'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> but I, I did it for like three years. But um, I also did the welcome, part of the welcome ministry, and I'm still doing that now. Okay. And what the welcome ministry entails is that you have to stand and welcome all the first-time guests. And so my church is live-streamed, so I go to a probably like big church. So having to do the welcome when your ex is there, you have to greet everyone. There's a script I have to say and be all bubbly, you know, in front of the camera and having to look at somebody who broke your heart. Mm. And to make things even um, more interesting is having to do that with his girlfriend there. Oh, whoa. So, I know. Let's be old No one was expecting <laughs> that. But, I mean, I, you know, when that happened, like, when, because, like, I, like, you know, when it comes to social media, like, you see things. Um, we're not social media friends or anything like that. Oh, okay. But at that moment, it was like, ooh. So I was already used to seeing him, and we had mutual friends. We were at the same wedding one time. Um, and when I knew that that was going to be our really first interaction, because I did see him one time at, like, a shop, right? I remember I was like, I just, I called him, and I was like, listen, we're going to be at the same wedding. I need to know that I don't hate you. I'm not, And I said, I don't want to block my blessing. You know what I mean? But when things had ended, I he was he was he's not a bad person. He's not. You know, I can't, when I talk about my past, I don't talk about it in a way where it's like, he's horrible, da da da, da because that's how much I've healed and I'm, I'm over it. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. I respect um, that. Side note, ladies, if you meet a man who talks about their past relationships in a negative way, he ain't ready to date. Oof. That's, that's, that's as Damn. real as it could get. Well, I think for anybody, but he, um, I remember when things ended, he was like, if you ever need anything, let me know if you have a flat tire. Because again, he knew I'm not from, I'm not from New Jersey. And I was very, um, stern when I said, no, I am not your responsibility anymore. If I have a flat tire, I have to figure it out myself, you know, because if I keep, if I stay connected to you like that, even though I still saw him in certain places, he doesn't go to my church anymore, so people know. Mm. Um, even if I saw you in certain places, it would be me putting one foot in and the other foot out. That even though I can call you to fix my tire, you may just look at it as you being just like the the nice person that you are. But that might give me a little bit of hope that I know is not there. So even if I meet somebody, I would never give a person the the actual fair chance because I'm still connected to you and I don't want to do that. So, yeah. That's that's some very uh, <laughs> that's some very elite self awareness right there. It man. took me a while to realize, and I'm gonna be honest. Like at this point, especially when it comes down to dating, I don't think that there's certain things that can surprise me as much. Just the level of exposure to certain things. And then also, like, I feel like with my future daughter, she's going to just love the stories I tell her. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be very upfront and tell her certain things. Well, all things, because she needs to know certain things to, you know, to actually, like, to actually look out for. You know, and so when people say, oh, I experienced a heartbreak. Oh, I got to stop doing everything in life. No, keep going. Even if you see them, keep going. You know what I mean? You never realize how strong you are until you have no other choice but to be strong. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And... Are these like some of the topics that you cover in your blog, like, or was that just a phase back then when the the heartache was still like raw, or do you just, mm -hmm. or has it sort of morphed into something else where it's more like advice driven instead of just you venting? Yeah, it's more <laughs> advice driven, and I'm, but in a transparent way. 
So I, I would hope that when people read my blogs, they don't read the tone of "girl, she's you know she venting." And I and I think people have to be. I mean, your your blog is your story, but I've also noticed in some people's blog, it becomes their diary, and that's that's a that's a personal choice. But anything that I've posted, I posted from a transparent stance. So there there there's there's knowledge, there's advice, there are things to me showing my self awareness on certain things that just kind of came to light that I'll share. Um, like the recent blog about what led me to blog. You know, I mentioned like, I shared my story and people say, thank you for sharing your story. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, Joy, are you okay? I just read your thing, <laughs> okay, right? I think yeah. some people read it were like, dang girl, I didn't, first of all, I don't know, you know, like that, that like you had some break up with you and that the fact that you moved to another state and that you stayed, I didn't know that she, you know what I mean? Like, it, I think a lot of my posts kind of, it, it, it definitely shows that. Um, yeah. And I, and I always post based off of what I'm led to post. Okay. Yeah. So then how did you go from blogging to actual, the speaking portion of it? So the speaking is, and this is why it's important for people to, when you start something, you have to put yourself out there, right? Like you have to share your gift because whatever you're supposed to do, you're not supposed to do it by yourself. People think like, oh, I got this. I can do this by myself. No, you can't. Certain opportunities are through referrals. So with that being said, I remember I had a hall director. There was a hall director at my old school um, at Southern Connecticut State University. She was a hall director in Jersey for, it was at Bloomfield College at the time. And I remember she sends me, she actually sent me a message on Facebook. was like, oh, there's a speaking opportunity. I really think you should do this because I see you doing your blogging and your posting things. And I just think you should. And mind you, at that time, like this was right after I launched my blog and was a little bit more consistent. And so I applied and I ended up speaking. And so that would have never happened if she, if, if I didn't put my, if I didn't say yes to my purpose, if I didn't put myself out there, put my stuff out there. Because it was a referral, you know, even when I was on Madame Noor with Ask a Black Woman, I didn't find that on my own. I remember um, one of my college friends, her name is Mimi, shout out to Mimi. She tweeted the application to apply to be a part of the YouTube series. So I did and I got it. Again, I would have never known that that was an opportunity if she hadn't referred And Madam Noor is? The online magazine for women of color. Oh. Okay. So they have this Ask a Black Woman series. And so my episode that I, and it's like you being real, talking about your experience, was the modern day woman. Oh, okay. And so I know how appropriate. Okay. Um, but I didn't get that on my own. So a lot of the speaking opportunities was through, it, was, it, it started from a referral. Okay. Because as someone who <clears throat> isn't really a fan of, speaking but yet has but a you have podcast a nice, and you have a nice speaking voice too all right but you don't have to say that but <laughs> so it's okay but yeah no it's someone who doesn't really like speaking but has a podcast i know it sounds like counterintuitive or whatever but like i guess this is the level i'm willing to put myself out there is like this is like the little comfort mm-hmm. zone i'm like okay i'll like dip a toe in or whatever yeah but like when it comes to like public speaking like that's almost like consensus like a number one fear for a lot of people oh yeah like you the fact that you're already like willing and able to get up in front of hundreds of thousands of people to speak like you have no idea like just how far ahead you are when (laughs) because that's i feel like that's how like not to like get all cynical but i feel like that's how like a lot of fake pastors or 
uh, a lot of people who are into duping people, they are just the fact that they're willing to be on that platform where it's just they could be bullshitting, they could be saying the truth. But the fact that they're willing to be up there gives them so much power over people because they're doing something that so many people just aren't even willing to do. Yeah. And the fact that you're able to do it, I, I, I commend you like a hundred. Oh. Because <laughs> I would never do this podcast. Well, not never because I probably said that about doing a podcast in the first place. But mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be comfortable to do this like in a live setting. Yeah. Or like with... Oh, Let's, let's I'm not, waiting. Let's, 2020. Let's, let's, please don't put that out there because you're with your, with your luck. Like it's probably gonna happen, and somebody's gonna call me. And, yes. And but but Mission for real, like I, the whole like there there's a bunch of lists where people list public speaking as a worse fear than drowning. Yeah. And I'm and that is wild to think of, except when you think of the last time you were called to speak in public. And yep. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I'd rather be in the ocean right now. Yep. So I, I don't know how you do it, but. I don't know either. And I think people have to remember, I am afraid. I, first of all, if I had it, and I think people have to keep this in mind. If it was up to me, <laughs> keyword, if it was up to me, I would not be blogging or I would not be speaking, right? It's because it, there's a reality that comes with it. That many people are not aware of. They only see what they see on Instagram or on my website. They don't see the amount of sacrifices I've had to make. They don't see that I work a nine to five job. I work full time, right? And then when I get off from work, like there's sometimes like I'll just go to Starbucks until 11 o'clock to edit a, a blog or I have to prep for an event. They don't see that. Or there's times like I, I, I would search for certain opportunities. Like they don't see that part and I'm afraid I'm, I'm afraid to talk like if public speaking is not easy um but it's not I always I always give the credits and kudos to God because I think what happens is if you think that you can do something 100% on your own then then I feel like you're not as good as you may put yourself or you think you are I think there's a different level of like anointing and blessing that God has for people who may not think that they're like the 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 like best or the strongest because it's like when when the lady told me had referred to me you know the speaking opportunity I'm looking at myself like who me (laughs) and God's like yeah you and I'm like and I'm arguing with God like bruh me like because and I'm listing people who I think is better suited like you know they're already in the game but I think I personally think that that's what the beautiful part about purpose and even public speaking is, is that like when you feel unqualified, like that is an opportunity for you to become qualified. So I always, I'm always afraid, even at my church, when I do the welcome, I'm afraid each and every time <laughs> Really, when I have to, and, I, and like, there's a script I memorize, right? And before I do everything or anything, like I pray about it, I'm like, God, use me as your mouthpiece. I don't got this. I don't have the strength. I'm not equipped. And what that, and you know, like just what I feel like that actually does, it allows yourself to really be used. It allows yourself to really, to realize like your like gifts and your talents. Yes, it comes from you, but it's not really coming from you. It's coming from God. Like I, I've done an event and my friends were there. They're like, girl, you were so good. And I was like, so all the prep I did. I didn't use any of it. Wow. You know, and again, it's like you can prep all you want, but when you allow yourself to really be used by God, God, God's going to be like, 
it was great that you prepped. That was cute. Mm. That was cute. All right, bam, I'm going to have you talk about something completely opposite of of what you initially planned for. or and, and then there's sometimes this level of confidence that actually comes from, like, God. It comes from the help of the Holy Spirit where it's like, mm. I'm... I am nothing without him, especially with what I've been doing with speaking and blogging. So I wanted to get into some of the difficulties that you've faced. And I know you mentioned like <laughs> being at Starbucks to like 11 o'clock mm-hmm. or searching for these speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. So like in case there's anyone listening who's like maybe is like on the fence considering it like and you don't want to just I know you don't want to paint the picture that it's just rosy and you're just like yeah. people throwing <laughs> flowers at you wherever you go but yeah they want to know like okay what's the like the the real deal with like this life yeah and like for them it might be a calling as well but you know they they may be you know maybe having second thoughts or mm-hmm. just want to have like a realistic expectation of what goes into it because yeah it's like when you there are a lot of things where you're going into like what is med school or uh, being a driver or whatever, like where you can get information about what it's like living that life. Yeah. Because it's so foreign from what everyone else is doing at the time. Mm-hmm. So maybe like you could just walk them through like some of the chief difficulties you've, you've faced or even if it's like sort of something internal or external pushback that you've gotten. Yeah. I think one of the things is that the reality is that you'll be vulnerable. When you're vulnerable, you put yourself in the in the spotlight to actually be roasted. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think people, you know, as we approach 2020, everyone has all of these goals and they're beautiful. But understand that, like once, like like once those goals start man, you know, manifesting. Once you start your your life website and your blogging or your speaking. There's always going to be people who are not going to be like cheering you on, right? And a lot of the times, like. Yes, we know they're strangers, but sometimes it's people who are closer to you than you think. Oof, don't and, even get me started on that. And you'll yeah. also realize another reality is like everyone. So when it comes up to support and what does support look like, right? So support comes in multiple ways. So support can be buying your 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 like friend's product. It, product. it can be, you know, posting their thing. It can be reading, giving feedback. And you'll, I think the reality sometimes is that you're going to sometimes feel alone. And because remember, everyone has their own thing going on in their life. Very true. And so it will cause you to kind of have a lot of your me time doing your stuff. But that's a great opportunity where you are able to self-reflect, where you become a little bit more self-aware. And you are forced to really know you when you're, um, when you're, when you're blogging. And another reality is like you're going to find yourself comparing yourself mm. especially when you compare the likes and you compare the shares you compare what is popular but that's when you have to go back to the root of your why like why are you blogging are you blogging because you want to be popular are you blogging because it's trending because if that is the case your blogging is not going to last you know what i mean and i think people start so many things and they don't finish it because the fact that they haven't been able to really identify their why and for me, I'm not going to lie, like there was a moment where I didn't blog for like six months because I was actually revamping my site. And I just felt like when I was doing that, it wasn't good enough. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm not ready to re-release it. Let me stop. And in those like months of not blogging was like the worst six months of my life. I felt like something was missing. There was something that, that was incomplete. And like, that's how I knew I was like, okay, God, this is really... This is my identity. This is a part of who I am. Um, and you'll get to even add to the roasting, depending on what you're blogging about, 
Um, and I want to say this particularly towards women. If we're blogging about, you know, dating and relationships and tips, everyone is not going to be rooting for you. I remember getting a message from a man. He sent me a DM and he was like, I hope you understand that like what you post is actually going to push away guys from you. And I'm just like, <laughs> correction, sir, a boy, because a real man is going to value a woman who is um, really about her business. Uh-huh. Um, because if you're if you're blogging in a way where the content is really supposed to help people's life, you're going to say some things that are not popular. Right. Or you should be, because a lot of the things that aren't popular is probably the most helpful tips that people need anyways. Um, and everyone might, everyone always has something to say. And some people will say it to your face um and you don't want to receive it right and so i think for women who are interested in blogging about like relationships and what it's like and the reality of certain things there are some guys who might be like you sound bitter you sound x y and z but the consistency of what you do will show the realness of what you're about of whatever it is that you're about um, and I would also say like, the, like, you know, it's going back to what she said, the long hours, especially if you work nine to five, like I've had people tell me quit your full time and, and do this. And I'm like, with what money? <laughs> yeah. Like I still got stuff to do. And for anyone who is, you know, doing their, their blogging as their full time, kudos to you share with me some of the tips so I can one day do that. Mm-hmm. But if you have other responsibilities, right. Or if you're in school or if you have a child, but you want to blog blog, like it is going to require a lack of sleep sometimes, right? Like your Saturday mornings, you know, most people may spend it sleeping in. You might spend it waking up in the morning, getting writing in so that just so that you can hang out with your friends after. But it will require you to understand like how your brain functions. So my brain functions very well to be able to do a lot of editing, although sometimes I do it at night in the morning time. So like Saturday mornings are like great for me or even mornings before work. Um, but I mean, I guess the list can go on and on, but those are some of the things that stand so out. So I wanted to get back to the part where you said about the support, where there's like there are different ways people can support you, but you also have to realize that they have their own thing going on. Mm-hmm. And this is something that uh, that I struggled with initially when I was starting the podcast, where it's like, oh, how come my friends aren't doing it? And like, bruh, like, first of all, like, it's a podcast, so it, it requires, like, it requires, like, a call to action where it's like, okay, not only are you putting it out there, but they have to, they have to want to listen to it. They have to have Mm -hmm. to find a means of listening to it and they have to find the time to listen to it. So it's like, there's a lot of things that go into it and expecting someone to do that regularly is no small feat. Mm -hmm. So it's like, sure. There's some people who listen to it strictly because they're my friends and I appreciate them. Like, even if it's trash, they're like, Oh, good job. And I'm like, yeah thanks but okay well what did you really think yeah and there's also some people who like repost just everything i do no matter what like even if they don't listen they repost it and i appreciate that as well but after a while like you you sort like it's sure it's easy to say that now that i get it that people do have their own things that they're doing and again to people who might be starting a blog like you might feel like oh i have 400 friends here like i should expect at least half of them to repost. I'm like, yeah, not so fast. Like, right. Like, not so fast. <laughs> like, if you get four people to repost it, that's a, that's a, Kudos. Big, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, because not only, 
is it like okay them sure it's a click of a button or whatever but in a way it's also an endorsement from them where they're like putting like okay i'm putting my name on this product Mm -hmm. and maybe they just don't think it's good Mm. and you have to be you have to be ready for that that uh reality yeah where it's like i'm not sharing it because i don't think it's good do you want to hear that or do you just want like okay just do what you can and like that's something where i feel like i've had to learn on the go where it's like oh you have how come like you haven't said anything about this or i mentioned this specifically about this conversation Mm -hmm. and blah blah it's like yeah but bro like everybody's like once you start putting things out there Mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine like everybody's life doesn't revolve around that because you've put so much of yourself and your time into it. Yeah. And it's it sounds very elementary, but on, once you're in it, it's very hard to like talk yourself into that reality like not everything revolves around what you're putting out there. Yeah. And you know, and that's something and I'm still learning. Like that's a that's a ever-going struggle, so and I'm being fully transparent with that. So I definitely get it. I, it's funny because once you start doing what you're supposed to be doing, you get more support from people who don't know you or who have never met you. I have connected with people. One lady, one young girl, she's from, I want to say, I don't want to say she's from, she's somewhere in Africa. I forgot. I want to say somewhere on the West Coast, West, West Africa. I forgot which country. And this girl regularly was hitting me up and telling me, oh my gosh, your post, da 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 And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're actually really reading this, right? I've never met you. I have connected with people um, from different states. Like I'm speaking in February in Florida. And I connected with her through through like blogging and posting. You know what I mean? And I've realized that people then want to hop on the bandwagon to share your stuff or to quote unquote really actively, you know, endorse you and to promote you once you've made it to like if you work for BET or mm. or if you're quote unquote famous now everyone's like oh my gosh I'm so proud of you <laughs> but you weren't celebrating the little win so yeah. you know I think it's one of those things where I don't expect it you know what I mean because every time I'm just like there was a point where I was like again god do I really gotta do this and every time I was like I think I'm gonna push it to the side I don't wanna do this anymore I always got that random message from a random person whom I never met Right. And they would always say, oh, my gosh, your your like post is very helpful or or if I post something on Instagram, it resonated with me, you know, and I think then I have to constantly remind myself, like, you know, if I have friends who are like, oh, my gosh, girl, I want to hang out. And I'm just like, if you knew what I was doing, <laughs> you would know that my answer is a no, because I have to work on this. Right? right. There are certain things like I've worked on that I haven't shared with everyone. And there's a reason because one, you're not supposed to share everything with everyone. Um too soon because you don't know who's praying against you and then two also it's like i don't think i need to share my quote-unquote blueprint if 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 you're not sharing my stuff and there's no shade and it's nothing you know there's nothing wrong or bad about it but you know i think for people who know me know like i have different types of relationships with different people that i've met throughout the past years from like blogging and speaking and so every time certain people may call me, I'm like, oh, hey, girl, like, yeah, um, I'm, 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 um, I'm actually into the city to hang out with a couple of people. You know what I mean? From that, that, that I may have connected with by their own social media or something like that. Um, but I think it's, it is expected. Um, it's okay to be in your feelings about it, right? But that should just mean that you continuously be consistent. 
because one of the things that that friendships I mean yeah like yeah I, I could say this like one of the things that that will allow people to realize like how serious you are about your craft is your consistency. Some people won't take you seriously until you take yourself and your branding seriously, mm. your brand seriously. And so when people kind of fall off because, oh my gosh, no one's posting my stuff. Your friend's going to be like, oh, see, that's a phase. But like when you're consistent and when people start to see like the fruit of it, and when people start seeing the opportunities arise, like my friends from Connecticut, you know, they're they're my best friends. Like they've gone to my speaking engagement. I remember the first time they 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 came, they were like, Oh wow, Joy, you're really good. And I'm like, <laughs> What y'all think I was doing this entire time? Wasting my time. But I think it's one of those things where and then also you don't ha- you have no idea like you you know, you being consistent even despite the you know, kinda like the lack of support can be the same thing that can kind of it can actually it can actually motivate your friends to kind of go out and really just begin to chase their dreams. Um, but it's real. It's hard. Yes. But I think sometimes the most impact you can have is to a complete stranger who doesn't know you from a can of paint. That, that is true. Because I, I like when I post like my podcast and stuff, I see like the numbers and the demographics of the, the listeners. I'm like, I don't know anybody in Kansas or <laughs> or who do I know in Minnesota yeah. that's listening? Or I had someone that was listening in India. And mm-hmm. till today, I, I still think that person listened by accident. But, I'm like, but I, they listen, yeah, though. I'm like, I appreciate you, India, or like New Zealand. I'm like, how is this getting out there? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I still appreciate it nonetheless. I'm like, obviously, majority of the listeners come from New Jersey. But I'm like, that, it's still like, it's still like, encourages me to keep going. Because like, hey, mm-hmm. like, this is some... This has to be like a completely random person who yeah. maybe Googled something and my podcast came up or whatever. And that's beautiful because it goes to show that your your like podcast isn't just for you and your friends. It's for people that you have never even knew existed in this world. So that's the that's the beautiful and powerful thing of when we don't get the support that we think we would need when we when in reality, whether somebody posts the thing or not, you're like your like message is still being literally listened to across the world. Right, right. And it would be kind of sad if only your friends were listening. Right. Only, yeah, it would. Like what kind of, it's already <laughs> kind of biased. People yeah. People like, oh yeah, you know, you only subscribe because that's your friend. Yeah. That, no. That would, that, would, that would make <laughs> you feel some type of way. Mm-hmm. So do you have any advice for like, I would like novice bloggers or up and coming or people who are even just considering or maybe someone who like even before this podcast never even thought about it, but mm-hmm. they're like, you know what? Maybe I can do this. So another plug on my website, I definitely have a free, free 99 uh-huh. PDF on. So you want to start blogging. So that's something that people can definitely download. And it, it definitely goes over like the, you know, it, it goes over the various steps you need to check off if you really want to, if you're serious about uh, doing the blogging thing. But what, a couple of things I will share is being consistent is so important. My biggest pet peeve are people who start things but don't finish it. Right, especially something that you're quote unquote passionate about. Now, it's not to say that you won't have bumps where you're going to stop for a period of time. And then, you know, when you feel uneasy because you know you should never stop, you kind of go back into it. But some people throw things away altogether. So I think being consistent is important and you'd be surprised. People notice your consistency, whether it doesn't even matter if people are liking it or not. And people will know you as that person of, 
oh, wow, like you're the person who always blogs about, like, let's say you have a thing with like shoes. You always blog about shoes and you've been blogging about it for a while. You know, like that's how people know that you're really genuine about what you do. Um, I would also say another another thing is finding out, this is actually number one, finding out your why. Like, why do you want to do this? Again, it goes back to, are you doing this because it's a trend and it's popular and you're like, I want to grow my Instagram followers. I want to seem popular. I want to seem like I have a perfect life. Then that's like, like, to be honest, that's not a good enough reason to start. Finding out your why. Because when you decide to step out on purpose, you have a responsibility, right? So it's it's fun and it's engaging. You meet awesome people, but you don't realize that you put people's lives in your hands in a sense. So like some people give crappy advice. And yes. I'm just like, you're going to have to answer <clears throat> to all of the crap you put out there eventually. Mm. And so really figuring out your why because it allows you to take yourself seriously um, and that pretty much you're not just, you know, doing it like a hobby because it's serious business. It's like people who create mentorship programs. Uh, I have a mentorship program that sounds cute. It's a lot, you know. I remember getting a message from a from a, from a young lady who was dealing with some a personal crisis. And I realized, like, yo, this is the reality of blogging. People are going to bring to you real life problems and real life problems that you're not even probably equipped to handle and there are problems I was not equipped to handle that I had to be like let me go on google and here's numbers that you have to call and so on and so forth but finding out your why and then also plan there's nothing wrong with planning you know I think we get into this thing where it's like well God got me and he does right but plan but also be open-minded to change because when you blog things are like like things are going to change over time and you can't expect that some people might decide to, they have a passion for food. I'm going to be a food blogger. And then you start. And then in a year, you may transition from being a food blogger to, let's say, going in depth and doing it internationally, right? Some people might be like, well, that wasn't part of the plan. I'm not doing it. <laughs> well, all God needs is one yes for him to do whatever he wants to do anyways. Right. So I think it's one of those things where planning in advance, like I plan my um my like blogs even my mondays with joy a month in advance and i record it too and i have to edit it myself and so on and so forth because i'm not there yet where i can just pay somebody to record on their fancy equipment and Mm. edit it for me hence i'm not there yet yet um so i think those are some of the things that people have to consider planning it and doing research doing research and also make sure that and I post and I put this in the in the PDF. Make sure you have a debit or credit card because blogging is not free. True. That's the best way to even filter out who's serious about it, who's not, because you have to buy a domain. Mm-hmm. Um, you want some pictures, and with the domain, like yes, you pay for that one time price, but you have that renewal every year, right? Um, and then if you have other features on it, like if you want to have people put the reviews, at times they may take out. Maybe if it's two dollars a month, that adds up. Um, anyone else who wants the blog, I, I would say buy a mailbox. One of the things I've learned from my leak, who is the founder of Curlbox, which is a um, a beauty product um, for women of color, like they get this monthly subscription of different products they can try. She's one of my favorite podcasters, um, women of color, that talks about the business aspect, and she mentioned. When you buy a mailbox, it allows people to kind of take yourself seriously. So I have my regular email at gmail.com, 
but I have my email that I bought for my website, which is oaspeakwithjoy.net. And when I give people my my uh, my business card, they're like, oh, you got a mailbox. Okay, mm. like this is serious. And those little things will change the scope of of your of your branding. Again, it goes back to you have to take yourself seriously and your craft first very seriously, you know, just in order for other people to take you seriously. You got to demand respect through your actions and All your right. investments. So I'm happy you actually mentioned branding. So I know there's like the blogging portion of it, there's the speaking, but then a lot lately requires like an online presence, mm-hmm. like specifically like Instagram. So, you know, like you've been doing some shameless plugs, I'll plug something as well. So I just started <laughs> a little, you know, a little business, you know, called uh, Naija Food Depot, where it's just like selling provisions, food stuffs and things like that. And I sort of just started an IG page for it. So I'd like to see like what you would give in terms of like advice or use as sort of case study in terms of starting or growing an online brand. Like, so what steps would you take and like just use this as your like sort of your 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 I guess case study for what mm-hmm. you would go forward with. So as a side note, people were probably thinking like she must have ten, you know, K followers. No, I got a little over four thousand. Like it's not a lot. Like I'm not a guru or this or anything like that. But what I would say is being consistent with posting. Being consistent with it. Consistency is important because and also being engaging. Engage with the audience and by audience doesn't only have to be the people who go on your page, but go on other people's page who has very similar things, even something different and engage and like and comment. Um, that's very, very, very helpful. Um, I always feel like finding your little niche, right? So my niche for my um, for my Instagram page, most people will know it's Mondays with Joy. Right. And I remember when I started it, ain't nobody paid attention to it, but I've done it for several years and now people are like, Girl, that money with you, I, I really like that. I remember I took the month of August off and one of my friends was like, so wait, that means you're not posting money with Joy." I was like, no, I need me a break. Mm. And he was like, wait, like, so when are you plan to come back? Because it's a whole month. We're not going to see money with Joy. And I'm like, I'll be back the following month. Right. So it was one of those things where at that moment, I realized like people are used to it because I found my niche on Mondays. I would post a motivational like morning wake up affirmation reminder for people and when you're consistent with that people take notice and people then have an expectation so that means that people are coming to your page with an expectation and then also for growing following and and sometimes i i have to check myself with this because i sometimes get caught up in like oh gosh i have this many likes but like i see this person but they got more but they don't really be doing nothing like Mm. you know but i but one of the things i'm realizing and i'm and i've been learning is you can have so many likes and people may not leave your page feeling good. Hmm. You know, um, I think it goes back to, you know, what are, you know, like, just what are the expectations you have for people that come in your page? Are you expecting people to leave with the knowledge? Like, listen, if I need some palm oil, I'm hitting you up. You know what I mean? Hmm. Or are people, you know, it's like, if, if, if I'm referring your like Instagram page, I'm, I'm letting somebody know, like, listen, if you need X, Y, Z, 
He got you like, and they're reasonably priced and you get more for your money because you go to any of the small markets, they're going to cheat you (laughs) with it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like being able to, if I'm saying this, that person go on your page and they see it and they sense it um, and it's genuine and like consistently post, 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 post. And then also be authentic. Like all of my pictures aren't a photo shoot, right? Like if I'm going out to eat and I feel like my outfit is cute, Hey sis, take my picture, you know, different <laughs> angles and I'm going to I'm going to post it, right? Because I think sometimes people forget that I'm a human being. And I think when you when you're creating this online presence, you can easily forget that you're a human being and when you do, you don't allow yourself to be a human. You don't get yourself grace. And I think at one moment I felt like that. I felt like how did I make this kind of mistake? Oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be empowering people here, I'm a hot mess. And mm. I had to be like, "Joy, but you're not." Like who do you think you are, God? You mm. are a hot mess, sis. Own it. And it's okay to be authentic about it. And if I want to post a video saying, you guys, let me tell y'all how I got played. And guess what? I played myself because I wasn't following the various steps I should have been following, right? And admitting to certain things and just being real. And I think people connect with authenticity, you know, more than anything. It doesn't matter what the likes says. You can, you can have likes and not have any business like I know people who have many likes and they're coming to me asking me hey if you know any engagements you know speaking opportunities let me know or I see you you know doing things most people don't know that I, I I have another job like this is my side thing god willing for now hmm. um and there's people who don't know that like what I do for my nine to five actually correlates with what I do with my blogging and speaking and some of the you know like topics and I get to practice a lot of the things that like I'm, I'm passionate about that I display on my social media at work. So it helps and it, it actually trains me. Um, but I think what happens is, ooh, you know how you lose your train of thought? It does, so you're, you were talking about- I just lost about, my train of thought of what t- I was going with it. You were talking about <laughs> the your nine to five and how it links with your blogging and how you get to- Yeah. How it sort of- you get to practice sort of when you're at work. Yes. And it came, yep, it came right back. And I remember somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn because they didn't know what I was, you know, like what my job entails. And they're like, oh, if you know any jobs hired, you know all these things. And here I am. I'm like, but you're like the expert. <laughs> like I should be going to you about opportunities and job opportunities, right? Because you're well connected. But that just goes to show likes mean absolutely nothing. Likes are not dollar signs unless the like you're getting is on YouTube and you are in that program where you're getting paid with that. But in reality, like, you know, I think it has to, it winds down to another one of my motto. It's not about popularity. It's about impact. And, you know, are you really going to impact someone's life? Because you'd be surprised when somebody needs a particular blogger or a particular speaker or somebody in a business of some sort, they're not always going to be getting the popular person. They may, if it's going to bring money Right. But if they know that this person that may have 300 followers, but they just say some very amazing things that is going to really help um, help a community, they're getting the person to 300 followers. Right. Especially if their event or their purpose, whatever it is that they're doing is to change and transform lives. And all of those things come in due time when you're consistent with it. So then I know you said something about engagement in terms of putting out engaging content as well as engaging with others but how do you then balance that with flooding people's like timelines and stuff like mm-hmm. 
That's hard. <laughs> and guess what? People going to unfollow. And if they unfollow, okay, cool. Mm. You know what I mean? I think it's like when you're you authentically, if you're like, oh my gosh, I already post one, so I need to post again, post again. If, if you feel like you're led to post again, post again. If you want to post again because you feel like you want to post a picture of yourself or you want to post a picture of your thing, I say do it. Because even the people who unfollow you, if your page is public, they're going to find themselves right back on your page <laughs> snooping around anyways. Like mm. if we're really serious about that. Unfollowing isn't really a true unfollowing if your page is public. Now, if it's private, they have no access to it. Right. But if it's public, guess what? Even if you, even if they're like, oh, I'm tired of seeing his brand. Let me unfollow. <laughs> but if your engagement increases, guess what? You're on their, what is it called? The discovery. Page. Yeah, the explore page. They find themselves like accidentally on your page like, didn't I follow this guy? So... All right, so I appreciate that, and uh, I'm sure the people listening who've been taking notes just got some free game there, like free. Yeah, so you <laughs> see, remember consistency and engagement, and most importantly, discovering your why. Like, don't get into it for the wrong reasons because it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. That that I can attest to. It is a lot of work, especially if you don't have anyone that you're paying to do a lot of the work for mm-hmm. you. Yeah, it is time consuming and apparently very financially consuming as well. Like, yep. Until you start getting paid for it. Yes. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be right back. Bye. As you could probably tell, we weren't done with that conversation, but I didn't want to have you here listening for two straight hours. So we're going to wrap it up here and split this one into two episodes. So the conclusion will come out next week. And of course, if you have any comments or feedback for the show, you can check out our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can reach out to Joy as well on Instagram and Twitter at Speak With Joy. And she's on Facebook as well. All right, we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>